Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode talks about the story of Kara Goodwin. Kara talks about her life journey from overcoming a lot of losses in her life to understanding and learning about meditation. Kara created her own website and her own meditation guide titled Instilling Calm. You can check out all of Kara's work by clicking in the links in the show description. Kara even has her own podcast titled The Meditation Conversation Podcast. So Kara does a lot of great work with helping people. Like always, guys, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, and also Amazon Music. Your subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall. And like I mentioned, don't forget to rate the podcast. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Kara. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Kara Goodwin. Kara, how are you doing today, and what's going on? Hey, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, Karen, I will say, like I always say, everybody, like, thank you for coming on, reaching out, and, and really wanting to share your story. Um, and I know we had a conversation a couple weeks ago to really introduce ourselves. Um, Kara, I know you have, you're very passionate with helping people and really getting them to help understand like their mindset and stuff. So my first question for you, Kara, just starting off the podcast, um, what are some passions that you have and what are some things you love to do? Well, I am very passionate about meditation um, and really consciousness in general. Um, anything that has to do with that sort of connecting force that's underneath uh, everything around us. I know that you're very into astrology. I love like that would definitely fall into that consciousness, like things like that just get my attention when it's like, oh, there's something like 
different, you know, something kind of secret going on <laughs> under the surface of things. Um, so that stuff, I'm, I'm so drawn to it. Um, I was just reflecting yesterday that I used to, like, if I was just in a social setting, really before I, I kind of had a proper spiritual awakening, um, I would always, if there was a little lull in the conversation, I'd be like, um, do you have any ghost stories? Like, have you ever seen a ghost? You know, it's always like, I, I just am very drawn to like getting a peek behind what is obviously going on around us. Um, so that's really my passion is just um, using meditation as a tool to connect deeper with that conscious intelligence that runs through everything. Um, I do uh, healing work as well. And really my meditations um, have, they almost always have a healing element to them. Um, even if I don't call them out. So I may not say like, Hey, let's have a healing meditation, but I'll lead something. And, you know, healing happens, body, mind, and spirit um, and emotions. You know, we are like these multi-layered complex beings. Um, so a lot of times people think about healing, like, wait, do I need to be sick to have healing or is a healing meditation going to benefit me if I'm feeling well? Um, but we have like all these layers and you and I, before we started recording, Josh, we were talking about the, um, like just how there's like multi-generational traumas. We've got traumas that we're carrying with us from throughout our lives. So even if we feel like we're in a really good place, usually if we're still here in a human body, um, there, there's usually still like work that we can do, purification that we can do, um, things we can clear out. And we don't necessarily have to go into the story of it. It's not like we have to surface like, oh my God, this thing happened when I was four that I totally suppressed. And now I have to go into that story and relive it. Sometimes that's necessary. Um, but sometimes it's just dealing straight with the energy and just allowing, like just letting that energy surface um, in order to be processed and released. So, um, yeah, those, those are really two of my, my biggest passions for myself and also bringing those to other people and helping to open them up and helping them to open up more to the mysteries, um, that are around us all the time. Yeah, definitely Karen. I will say, um, you because your answer you like really dug deep and you really described a lot and I, I just wanted to really pinpoint some of the things you said like I know you mentioned because I know before we recorded we talked a lot about like multi-generational trauma and how like a lot of stuff gets suppressed over generations and generations between your family and loved ones that in this in this physical moment where you are in your body you might still feel that which is definitely something that's that's something that's really like fascinated with me and also Kara I will say like I can really as I was hearing you describe your answer I feel a lot of like this passion and this drive to really help people um, which really leads me right to my next question I know you mentioned like before you had like a spiritual awakening um, um, what was like an, a spiritual awakening a moment for you in your life? Yeah, well, I there it's so multi-layered, really. You know, I think that for the most part, for a lot of us, it's a continuous unfolding. Um, and so I feel like I still am awakening on different levels. You know, it's like I definitely have um, go, gone over the crest of a, a metaphorical hill where there's a lot that, you know, I, I kind of had to 
believe before I could experience and, and things like that, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely like miles away from where I was, you know, years ago. And there was a big acceleration um, where I was learning and unfolding a lot all at once. But I just kind of briefly, you know, I, I had a very um, conventional life really for a long time, working a corporate job, you know, high paced tech industry, um, have, you know, my husband and two kids, like kind of having the domestic life responsibilities of that and, um, and the, the fast paced career. Um, and we moved to Italy with our kids and there was, and at one point there was just this one odd year, um, where for one thing from a, an awakening perspective, I started seeing these, uh, what I call like ocular obstructions. So within my field of vision in the peripheral, um, I could see different colors and shapes and like movement, but I didn't, I could see it very plainly. A lot of it was like checkerboard pattern and it was rotating and I didn't know what it was. And I ended up even going to the hospital um, and they did some like look, looking into my eyes just to kind of make sure that there wasn't something weird happening in my brain. Um, and they, they were saying that it was, uh, they saw like a little bit of a chain, like something that, that something unusual with my macula, which is just some, a part of our physical eye. And they were saying it must be this because this is like something that's kind of abnormal. Um, they insisted that I must've had some sort of virus, um, and there that I had forgotten about, cause they were asking me questions about, did you feel like this and this, you know, in the past, however much length of time. And I was like, no. And they're like, well, did your children? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, you must've forgotten because that's the explanation. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it was, it was kind of comforting that they could see something. Um, and I had some sort of physical representation, but I was never really convinced, um, about that explanation because it was, it was just sort of a silly thing to be like, well, you must just not remember, you know? And it's like, I guess, you know, but I would think I would know if I was sick or my kids were sick, you know? Um, but it was kind of one of those, like, that's the explanation, you know, shut this chapter. Um, and it wasn't until like more recently, actually, that I remembered about that because that went on for weeks and finally it did heal up. And I, I did start to recognize that as one of the first awakening experiences that I was having. And I think that it was um, to do with, you know, things opening in my pineal gland, part of the endocrine system. Um, with the third eye kind of getting, becoming activated. Um, I was not a meditator yet. So um, this was like just this pre, it was kind of like the beginning of the awakening, but it was a surprise to me. And um, then like that happened. And then we just had a series of tragedies within my family where we had um, death and like it was, very people very close to us. So my sister-in-law passed away. 
And then like three weeks later, our dog passed away. And then my stepdad was having this degenerative um, issue with his brainstem that required surgery. And that was a very, you know, delicate surgery because that's such a vulnerable place. We didn't know how he would recover. Luckily, he's doing very well now, but that was a very, it was scary. Um, then my stepmom, who had just lost her daughter, um, was hit by a motorbike while she crossed the road and was in the hospital for a long time. And then um, my stepmom was in the ICU and ended up having a heart transplant. So all of that took place from May to November. And that was a really, really challenging time because we just, it seemed like every time we talked to somebody, it was terrible news. And that's just within our immediate family. We were also, you know, I would talk, I would hear from a neighbor that, you know, from back in America, it was, again, we were in Italy at the time, but, you know, I talked to her and, you know, she just lost her sister unexpectedly, that kind of thing. It seemed like it was everywhere. And, um, so that was a very, very challenging time. And that's really what drove me to studying meditation. I really wanted, to, I really felt like I needed to start excavating and really understanding life from a different perspective. Um, and I was very, very drawn to meditation. And I had tried meditation in the past and never like just tried it on my own. Like, okay, I guess I just sit here and I, I stop thinking, you know, that kind of a thing. And it never really took I would try it a few days in a row. And then eventually I'm like, well, I never didn't really feel anything. And I'd stop. Um, When all of those tragedies happened in so such a close succession, it felt very urgent that I learn it. And um, so I found a teacher because I was like, I clearly I'm having trouble doing this by myself, even though I had read books about it and so forth. Um, So I found a teacher online and learned methods. That was the important thing was that I needed methods. I needed like a a rhythm and a a routine to help me like do more than just sit there and try not to think. Um, I didn't understand how hard that was to do with no techniques. Um, And so that was really, really key for me. Um, and then through things like breath work and a mantra, and then having things like visualization, affirmation, um, using sounds, like all these different tools to put in my toolkit that I can pick from, um, depending on what I feel is going to be most helpful. That was, was huge for me and, and being able to have a lasting progress. And so from there, I really was, that was my launching point. Um, but that was, that was when I think of like a turning point and a real awakening, um, ignition that is, is what I immediately think of. Wow. Kara, I will say, um, I just wanted to say firstly, like, thank you for being, you know, so open and and comfort and being able to like share your story as well. And I will say like that moment from, from May to November, just loss after loss after loss, it must've been a really like big just a lot of just like a big like hurdle to really just like process and and really just be in that moment. It must have been very difficult. Um, And I can only imagine like losing that many people in a six month span, like, and then even care, like you mentioned, like, even like people in America as well, people were reaching out to you about how they also lost some people too. So it was just like, 
wow, it's crazy how sometimes life just hits you with like, it's just so much stuff during like these short, brief period times. And it can definitely be a lot. So power to you, Kara, for taking the time to process using your experiences and what you had to go through to, you know, like overcome like the grief and overcome all of like the mental, all the mental like burdens and stuff and all and like just a lot of stuff to process in general um, and to find a new discovery, get into meditation, being able to help others. Like that's why I really like Again, like I'm very like proud of you to really like take those steps and to really grow and learn more from yourself. And it's definitely that can definitely be a lot to handle. Um, as I was hearing your, your story, I was just like, wow, like I can only imagine for myself if I had to deal with that many loss, that many people pass like dying and stuff in a six month span. That would have been a very hard thing to handle for me. So power to you, Kara, for that. Um. Thank you so much. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. And and for you, like my next question, like as you were going through that six month period, like what were some like thoughts that really came to your mind? You know, because I know you mentioned like you came to the realization and you got into meditation. But like, what's one thing you really needed during that time period? Yeah, I mean, when I think back to that time, one thing that really sticks out is like a real uh, dread anytime my phone rang, you know, something as seemingly innocuous and often joyful of receiving a phone call, you know, and, and getting that connection with somebody. Um, so many times it happened that, that somebody would call at an unusual time and I would think, Oh, this will be nice. You know, it'd be great to connect with this person. And then you realize like, oh, they, this is like a really uh, difficult conversation um, and difficult news to hear. So that was alarming to just feel like I don't even want to answer my phone anymore. I'm afraid to answer my phone anymore because it really started to feel like I didn't, I, I couldn't trust life. You know, it was like all these things that I took for granted, um, I didn't know what was around the corner and you just feel like, you know, on the one hand, I remember as this year was wrapping up and turning into a new year, I remember thinking like, oh my God, thank God, finally a new year. Um, and, you know, just hoping for the best, like, please let this, there be a reprieve now. On the other hand, by the time I had gotten to the end of that year, I felt this sense of like, well, if you're already sort of in this mode of like just trying to survive and just trying to get through your days and like do the best you can and you you feel like things are already kind of crumbling and they're unfamiliar and uncomfortable, it was kind of like, I guess I'd rather have it all condensed in one short period while I'm already in that rather than like one thing a year for the next five years, you know, where it's like, oh my God, now, you know, where you just kind of, maybe, you know, you don't feel like the same level of despair. Um, but having that sort of constant, like uh, lower, um, sad, you know, feeling like year upon year, I was like, well, I guess there is something to be said for it happening in quick succession when you're already in this kind of, okay, I'm, I already know what it is to just try to get through the day. 
Um, so I might as well just go ahead and accept what's happening right now too, and deal with that and, and, um, kind of just feel it all together and then do my best. Yeah, Kara, I will say, um, there was a specific word that I really like wanted to highlight and you just mentioned it was accept. Um, especially during that time period, you really just have to accept and live in the moment to actually really just process everything that's happening. Um, and that's, and I can see why, like by you doing that, it led you to meditation and now has led you to really helping people and, and stuff and keep up the great work when it comes to that. But okay. accept is, is definitely a power, powerful word here. Cause especially when you are going through a loss, like we go, we all grief, everyone goes through a grieving period and accepting that this happened, you know, can be one of the hardest steps. Um, so that, that, as I was hearing your answer, Kara, I was like, accept. I was like, that's a, one of the words that I really wanted to highlight. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know you mentioned like some basic like concepts when it comes to like meditation. Um, so let's say like someone is on like a basic level is just trying to, to start out with meditation. What would you recommend for them to do and try to do? Well, I teach that there are, and I was taught this way too. I found it very effective, um, that there are like three pillars to meditation. Um, again, rather than just sitting down and expecting that you're going to be able to keep the thoughts away, um, it can help to kind of have these phases and have these like techniques that you're dealing with to help your brain shift into different states of consciousness your brain and your, all of your energy systems. So there's, um, first focusing on relaxation and letting that be kind of the first thing. So you're relaxing the body, you're relaxing the, um, the brain and your thoughts and coming into as best you can, a state of neutrality. And the next phase is concentration so I teach um, some techniques that help us to really focus the concentration, continue. It's important to get relaxed first because sometimes then if we're not relaxed, we try to concentrate and we tense up, like we try to force something into happening. So we want to balance that, um, that tendency to force um, and to effort with that relaxation. But concentration would be the second phase. And then the final phase is expansion. And this is really kind of working with uh, your consciousness to try to expand through um, the phys physicality and through our limitations and just through, you know, th through experiencing ourselves beyond this physical representation of a human body and a personality and emotions um, so that we can really start to connect with our higher consciousness, our higher mind. So those are really like foundational. That's just like a foundational flow that I use um, for, you know, every every time I do a meditation and specifically when you're starting out. And there are a lot of experienced meditators that do this still, um, which is perfectly fine. But um, using guided meditations can be really, really helpful, particularly again in the beginning um, on my website, which is karagoodwin.com. I have a free 10 minute guided meditation that people can sign up for. 
and it gets, you know, you just kind of put your email address in there. It gets delivered directly to you and then you can use it, you know, however much you want. And it's a 10 minute, you know, very achievable, um, heavily guided meditation to really um, help you to shift into the states of relaxation and concentration and expansion. So that can be a really valuable tool as well. Yeah, care and and I'll make sure to put the link of your of your ten minute uh, meditation guide for free in the show description, so you guys can all check that out and stuff. And I will say, Kara, that's definitely really cool. Um, because I definitely think, especially when it comes to meditation, like you said, like relaxing yourself first is a must in anything, <clears throat> not just meditation, but like because I'm I'm studying a lot of psychology, like even doing like cognitive behavioral therapy. The first step. In, in order to process anything is through just relaxing yourself first. You got to be in the right mindset. If your mind is in 50 different places, you're not really going to take the meditation. You're not going to really take the help. You're not going to be really, you're not going to be able to concentrate and really be like, take it as, take it as seriously as you should, you know? Um, so I just wanted to say like, as I was hearing your answer, I was like, yeah, those are some definitely really good. Um, I can definitely see why that would be very effective. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about like your passions and your journey and you've really shared a lot of powerful information and, and I really appreciate that a lot, Kara. Um, but transitioning a little bit to relationships, I know relationships can be definitely can impact make or break your life pretty much because we feed off of you feed off your relationships, whether that's with family, friends, loved ones. Uh, my first question for you, Kara, is was with relationships, like for a friendship and romantic partner, what are some qualities that you really look for? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that acceptance um, and that that ability to be able to just really be myself around anybody is is so comforting, you know, because I'm, um, I kind of bridge a mainstream existence with some pretty, um, you know, unconventional thinking, you know, the way that I see the world is not really lined up with mainstream thoughts. And, um, and so, I'm cognizant of that. And I, I accept, you know, that it's, it's not everybody's uh, not everybody's going to really kind of immediately understand where I'm coming from and that's okay. Um, but to have that freedom to be myself and to uh, not feel like I have to hold back too much is, is so key. Um, and I think especially because I've changed, I have changed a lot in my spiritual awakening. This is something that typically happens, um, that we just, we start seeing the world in a different way and we, we start to express ourselves in a different way. Um, having the freedom to be able to do that has been very, uh, very important. So I've been married for um, embarrassingly, I don't know what, how many years it is now. <laughs> I got married in 2004. So I think almost 18 years and, um, and my husband is not, you know, he, he is not really a meditator, you know, he, he appreciates it and he, but he like finds 
his outlets and in, in through through running, for instance, and physical, you know, uh, working out and things like that. Um, and it's me who has become the meditator and who has become more and more interested in things like um, energy, the metaphysical, uh, spirituality, um, galactic stuff, you know, uh, and so that takes, you know, from having like a long-term partner, there's a certain amount of, uh, leeway that I have needed. So, because it would be really easy for, um, your partner to see you going through these changes and to kind of like make, you know, take, um, take jabs at you because you're, you're exploring something that didn't used to interest you, for example. So you, it could be that, you know, you're made fun of, or you're consistently teased or worse, you know, that it's, it's like actually attacking, um, the validity of what you're exploring. And when we are exploring things, you know, we, we don't know right away what we're even, you know, cause there's so much we don't know. So it's, that can also be like a vul if there's vulnerability there where it's like, well, I'm not even sure what this is. Like, I don't know. I I'm drawn to meditation, let's say, you know, but I don't really know about it and I don't know if I'm going to take to it and I don't know if I'm going to like it. And, um, but the freedom to explore it freely and to really feel like you can be supported, um, that speaks so much about your foundational, relationship and, um, the type of person that you have committed to, um, and committed your life with. And that has always been very important to me to have that freedom. There've been, you know, different hobbies that you pick up. If you think of any hobby, you know, I used to sew quilts, um, and I loved exploring that expression through color and fabric and, you know, the textures and the designs and all of that stuff. Well, there was a point when I didn't even have a sewing machine. So you have to kind of like, okay, how do I, do I want to explore this? Because if I want to, then I have to buy all the equipment that goes with it and the fabric and the, the, um, you know, the tools and the, I have to learn how to do it. I've got to commit time to it. And it, again, that's another, it's, it's a vulnerability where it's like, well, I don't know how long I'm going to want to do this, how long I'm, you know, but Again, if you're set up in an environment where it's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? What is this stuff? And, you know, that's a very uncomfortable way to live. And it doesn't leave you a lot of room for growth. And that has been very important to me over time is just that freedom to be able to figure out who am I and what what rings my bell and what's going to make my life as full and fulfilling as I want it to be without feeling like I'm continuously bumping up against somebody else's expectations of me. Yeah. Yeah. Care. I will say as well, like, and especially in relationships, like, you know, you're in a good relationship. Like you said, care, if you are growing with your partner, you know, you guys are trying new things and there's no judgment with that. You're literally, like you said, you're being free. You're taking on new projects. You're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out your, yourself in the end of the day, you know, because the longest relationship we have with anyone in this world is the relationship with ourself. So if you're 
in a relationship where someone is letting you be you, you know, where you are free to try what you need to try, figure out what you need to try. Because at the end of the day, you're trying with spirituality, you're really trying to understand yourself through the world and your perspective in which you're in, you know. So power to you, you know, for being in a, in a free relationship where you can tack on new projects and do new things and you're really trying to just find yourself. Because um, I know there's a lot of relationships. I know relationships can be toxic when it comes to, like, no boundaries or going or doing this and that. So this leads me right to my next question. Speaking like of relationships, I know like you've done like meditation and you've really like helped a lot of people um, process a lot of like their trauma and stuff through meditation. Um, what's some advice that you would give to someone that is really trying, that is struggling in a relationship or really just trying to like find themselves in the relationship? If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And it's a great question. And for me, um, I believe that anything that we're trying to complete, uh, a feeling of completion. So in, in a relationship, for example, like feeling like we've found uh, something that completes us in another person, that actually we are we are actually looking for the rest of ourself. Um, we are not in a state of wholeness within ourselves. And this is so, 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 so common. So it's no, there's no judgment, but so often we are looking to someone else, whether it be a best friend, whether it be a parent, whether it be a child, whether it be a, a partner, a spouse or a romantic partner, more often than not, it's the spouse or the um, romantic partner that we are looking for this accurate reflection of ourselves and one of the things that I love so much about meditation and doing the work, you know, the work that we talked about before with the, the clearing, the cleansing, the purifying, and kind of like cleaning up all of those patterns and, and um, the, the um, like wound thought patterns and, and um, energy patterns within us. Those are like blockages that are keeping us from, from that connection to our own higher self and that completeness that we get through connection with our own higher self. So that this is just a way that we as humans kind of have this misplaced attention and focus thinking that anything outside of ourselves is going to provide that level of wholeness is erroneous. We will never get that level of, of wholeness from something outside of ourselves. And, and there are a lot of ways that we do this. We think that, you know, we do it through social media. We do it through per buying behaviors. We do it through um, alcohol to take the edge off. You know, we, do, we can do it through food. There are so many different ways that we kind of are looking to fill this hole and we're looking to kind of complete something. We don't usually recognize that we're actually doing that. It's happening at a subconscious level. But one of the things I clearly have experienced through a deepening meditation practice is that connection back with myself, with my own higher consciousness that has been able to, um, to that's where I know the true fulfillment comes from. 
And so I can still enjoy the external world. I still have friends. I love my family. I love, I have, you know, two cats and a dog and I get so much joy from interacting with them. Um, I still, you know, I enjoy good food and, and so forth. So it's not a matter of like, oh, you have to like renounce all these things so that you don't rely on them. It's like, well, you can still get pleasure from that. But it's also that understanding that that's actually a sub we're, we're trying to substitute something a, a lot deeper, um, particularly the burden that we put on others within our relationships when we approach relationships that way, you know, a tit for tat, like I do this for you. And so I expect you to do this for me. And it creates this feeling of like dependency or, um, or wholeness or completeness because, you know, we're, I want you to reflect me. I want to be a reflection of you and, and all of that. It's, it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just, there is a higher way to experience our, our life and our relationships, which is without that dependence, without those, um, hooks, you know, where it's like, we just are we're, you know, we're friends because we enjoy each other, you know, or we're partners because we, we want to be partners. And it's not so much about like, um, you being the perfect reflection of me and you always knowing what I need or, um, anticipating what I want, or, um, you know, it's, it's more like, no, let's walk this together and be expressions of each other and be the best that we can be of ourselves and let our cups overflow so that they're, you know, we are both these overflowing beings and, and we've got this beautiful merging that's happening as our lights kind of come together and our joy and our, um, our acceptance of each other. Um, kind of overlaps like a Venn diagram is kind of what I'm seeing or Vesica Pisces, you know, where it's like got that beautiful overlapping where it's like, I can be the expression of me in the fullest way that I feel called. And you can be the fullest expression of you in a way that you feel called. And those are not supposed to be the same. We are individual expressions that have different gifts and different capabilities and so let's honor that and enjoy that and let that be a diversity, you know, in our, in, in any sort of relationship and then have that overlapping Vesica Pisces intersection uh, where we have this beautiful blending and, a, and an amplification of our lights together. I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, it definitely does. I'm definitely, I'm definitely feeling your vibe when it comes to that. Cause like how I'm taking it as it's like, like, like we mentioned a little bit before, like when you are truly free in a relationship, you're not because I because I definitely agree with your points that like when we tend to pursue, like especially in the beginning of our relationships, we tend to pursue like people that are parts that that we don't have, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking those times, you know, to really be free with yourself. So that way you're growing and doing your own thing. The other person is growing and doing their own thing. And then when you guys come together, there's like a beautiful blend. Like you guys, instead of like, there's a difference between like, I want to be together and I need you. Those are two yeah. different words. Cause need is definitely, that's that can lead to a lot of codependency, a lot of like this. But like, if you guys truly want to be together, you guys are going to want to make it work and you guys are just growing and like you said like just blending together into a beautiful beautiful picture for me yeah, <laughs> i know you absolutely. had the pisces venn diagram for me a beautiful picture <laughs> yeah <laughs> um perfect 
But yeah, Karis, so I've really enjoyed our conversation so far. Before we wrap up, like, relationships, I, I usually ask my guests that come on this. It's, like, a little less serious question. Um, but when it comes to relationships, the question pretty much is, like, so let's say you're on a first date and, like, there's some, like, turnoff. So let's say someone does this and you're not doing a second date. Um, as you think, um, I, I'm always open to share mine because uh, before I met my current girlfriend, um, I used to hand people the aux cord because music is very spiritual for me. And depending uh-huh. on what they were playing was like my little test. So for you, Kara, do you have like any like little tests or like certain qualities that you see that you wouldn't really have a second date? Yeah, the big thing that comes like a big flash is that when when people make fun of people. So if you're sitting there having dinner and and, you know, they they just make a comment about somebody that, you know, they can't hear what the person, you know, they can't hear that they're being made fun of, but that makes me really uncomfortable. Um, the level of unkindness that comes with that, I would just, especially like if you're not invested at all in this person, you've only just met them. Um, that would be a complete like, yep. Okay. I don't have any desire to spend more time with this person for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely that's definitely some uh, that's definitely like a good thing to to read because you got to be very respectful to people. If you see someone that's being disrespectful towards somebody else, what happens when things don't work in our relationship? Are you going to be disrespectful for me as well? So I definitely think definitely think that's definitely like a really great quality to have and stuff. Um, yeah, and I I love humor. I love like I love laughing. Um, so sometimes people try to use that they try to be funny but you know even if the other person has no idea that they're taking a stab at them that level of humor where it's like oh look at that guy with you know his shirt or whatever and it's just like trying to make jokes but by pushing people down uh is really a a no-go for me (laughs) yeah definitely and i can definitely relate to that as well you know um, respect is definitely something huge and obviously like humor is definitely another great quality. You got to be able to have fun conversations and and all that fun stuff. Um, but transitioning, I know we talked a lot about your journey and we talked a lot about like relationships and you gave them a lot of great advice overall. Um, transition a little bit to astrology. Um, my first question just starting off for you is I know when I mentioned astrology, you definitely got like excited. How do you feel about it overall? And, and what what do you know so far about astrology? Uh, it's fascinating. Um, and I have had a couple of readings done, um, uh, particularly of the, what's the, um, the one that start, starts with a V Vedic Vedic uh, astrology. Of, of, oh yeah. Vedic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I've had a couple of Vedic readings. It's been a while now, but, um, they were really interesting. Um, I, I do find it fascinating and I, I definitely see, um, you know, I, I did the, the, um, the one that you sent me and I was reading <laughs> that and I was like, oh my gosh, this feels re-. like I saw a lot in there that resonated. I'm fascinated too, by like, if I'm correct, it's sort of like these can be, um, that there can be kind of like different levels to what your chart is if that makes sense. So like, if you've, if you've sort of overcome some things, you know, that, that maybe in, in like a, a different time of your life before you'd gone through some evolution, you would have expressed 
certain characteristics. And then there's like a more evolved version of you that's also can be read and reflected in the chart. Um, so it's, it's kind of layered in that way, which I find really fascinating and, and um, versatile. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I'm learning more about like the houses and stuff. But as I'm looking at your chart, like the signs that I know really well is like your sun sign, who you are to your core, um, your moon sign, that's like how you process things emotionally. Um, and then your Mercury planet of communication. Venus is like love language, like what qualities you're really attracted towards with a partner. And then Mars is planet of like aggression and stuff. Um, but another planet or like another part of the chart that I've really learned a little bit more is like north nodes. And for you, Kara, your north node is in Libra. So to find like, so your north node and south node, this is definitely a part of the chart that I really like. So your mm -hmm. south node is like mistakes your past lives have made. And then your north node is what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime that your past lives didn't. And to find your south node, your south node is always going to be the sister sign of your north node. So for your so for yours for example Kara yours is in, Le in is in Libra so your north node is in Libra your south node would be in Aries so if your north node is an air sign your sister sign is going to be a fire a fire sign it's usually like six months after um, just for my chart for example I'm a Virgo my north node is a Virgo and my south node would be a Pisces so earth and water fire and air um, because when okay. they blend together you know like they they work together. Um, so with North Node and Libra, um, South Node and Aries, so Aries can be very, I would say like, you know, like impulsive or very just like very ambitious, really like take initiative on things. And with Libras, you're supposed to, Libras are also very sociable and put themselves out there, but there's a very like loving and kind and nurturing aspect with Libras. Libra is like the balance scale. So like as you have gone through your life, as I'm hearing you describe like, you know, like meditation through meditation, through like helping people, you're finding like that balance because at the end of the day, by this lifetime, you're supposed to find that balance. Whereas like your south node in Aries, it can be very impulsive. You know, you're trying to struggle with finding the balance, but your north node, what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime is finding that balance, being nurturing. And, and as I was hearing some of your answers, like even in your relationships, you know, like finding like that perfect blend, I'm just like, yeah, like that, then that balance scale is definitely coming out. Um, so that's one of the highlights I really wanted to to bring. I, I've been talking a lot about North News because I think that's really that's where we really get like deep when it comes to like astrology conversations. But so far, like, how do you feel about the North Node? Yeah, that's so fascinating. And I love how you've mixed like the answers to the questions that you've asked and how that then is reflected back in the chart and um and it's interesting to get like an external perspective on it, you know, because we kind of, I think everybody is sort of this mix of so many different things. And we, we have different ways that we could express ourselves under different circumstances. Um, so it can, we can feel a lot more complicated from the inside than we can appear on the outside. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you see, that seems very valid, super interesting. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, uh, definitely. And before we wrap everything up, um, this website that I always recommend for people just trying to learn a little bit more about their chart and stuff, it's called the horoscope.co. I always shout out this website, a bunch of women, they teamed up together and they do little readings based off of your sun and moon. 
So for you, Kara, as I give you your little reading, according to the horoscope.co, um, just let me know what thoughts come to mind. So with this reading, there's going to be positives, negatives, and advice. So some 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 parts of the reading can be, you know, a little, a little honest with yourself, you know, so just wanted to uh-huh. give you a heads up. All um, right. But for you, Kara, you are a Gemini sun, Leo moon, and it says a capable personality, curious and quick. The Gemini sun, Leo moon personality is amazing at using information for varied purposes and often extracts extracts what is not easily available to the naked eye. Positives for your sun and moon combination. Very sociable, understanding and friendly. Negatives can have a big ego at times and can be stubborn. That's probably the Leo moon aspect. (laughs) Perfect partner, someone who is open and reliable and word of advice for your sun and moon combination. They need to understand that being dramatic and playing the victim is not becoming of them. So as I'm describing advice, perfect partner, positives and negatives, what are some thoughts that come to mind? I think it's it's pretty accurate, really. Um, you know, the last thing that you said was that uh, the drama piece, kind of just the victim and that kind of thing. Um, and that I feel like has been a watch out for me. And it's something that I um, I have paid particular attention to of of reprogramming myself, so to speak, so that it's like, you know, I I love the expression, like life is happening for you rather than to you, because we can get so attached to our story and to, you know, the things that have befallen us that are undesirable on the surface um, and trying to like, to always look beyond what's happening on the surface. Um, So I'm very aware of that, um, that potential and have, have like actively tried to, to re, re, re-examine if I do fall into like poor me type of thing of like, well, where is the gold in here? You know, what's the lesson? Why has this happened? What's the opportunity? Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun, super fun. And, um, and I'd say pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And once we're done recording, I can also send you a bunch of links as well if you're curious to learn more information and stuff. But with the podcast, I like to just keep it on like a little little basic level as we understand everything. Um, But Kara, I've really enjoyed our full conversation, talked a little bit about everything. Where can everybody check out your work? I know you mentioned your 10 minute um, free meditation guide. Um, That link will be in the show description. But where can everybody else check out more of your work? Yeah, thank you. Um, my website, as we talked about, is karagoodwin.com. That's Kara with a K and Goodwin as it sounds. Um, that's got a free, as we mentioned, just right there on the homepage. You just enter your email address and it'll come right to your inbox. Um, I have a 21-day self-paced course, meditation immersion course. So that's an online, um, you know, if you want to get like, if you want to get a meditation, a steady meditation, um, program going, you know, where it's easily, um, developed around your life. That's a wonderful place to start. Um, and I also have like a, an ongoing community, um, called the healing hearth 
And um, that we have guided meditations. They're basically weekly. Um, if you look on the website, I, I, I've said it's bi-weekly because I wanted to make sure like if I go on vacation or something that I, I want to set the expectation. I was like, I'd rather over deliver and under promise, but we have been meeting basically every week. Um, and then I have a lot of resources for that group too. That's very, um, I've tried to keep the cost really low on that. So the cost is not a barrier, um, but that there is like a, a contribution. The person is investing. It's important for us to invest in ourselves um, and to put that energy out into the universe about what's important um, and how we have some skin in the game too. So um, it's important for that to be an exchange, um, but it comes out to like less than $8 a week. So it's super, super affordable. Um, I've got a meditation library where there are all kinds of video um, meditations. I've got a discussion forum where I'm constantly adding inspiration and it's like a blog basically um i put you know videos that i find inspiring i'm working on a, a reference like a resource um part to that too and so that's just like it's super easy and it keep, helps to keep you accountable and helps you to you know build a community network of like-minded people going in a similar direction um i have a retreat coming up here in indiana um, in at the end of August, and that's going to be really amazing. We're going to be working on kind of developing intuition, um, being able to perceive kind of beyond the five senses. There's going to be a lot of hands-on um, workshop kinds of exercises where you can learn how to develop um, into you know a grander version of yourself and kind of um, nurture. Um, skills that you may not even realize are lying dormant within you. So, and then I'm on Instagram too at Kara underscore Goodwin underscore meditation. And I'm pretty active on there too. So I think that's, oh, and I have a podcast called the meditation conversation too. So that's another like totally free resource. And, um, and I release stuff every week, a little bit less than every week. So yeah, Kara. And, and like you said, like all the links, I'll make sure to put them all in the show description. So that way you guys can check or check out all of Kara's work and stuff and power to you. I, I, the retreat sounds great in Indiana. It definitely sounds really cool. So power to you for doing everything and, and all that stuff and all that fun stuff. And don't worry about costs either. We all got to understand our worth at the end of the day, Kara. So yeah, right. it financially, you know, it's, it's an exchange, you know, you gotta, you gotta, gotta make money somehow, you know, um, right. But Kara, I've really enjoyed our conversation and please stay safe. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks for having me on and just for all the great work that you're doing. I really appreciate it.